0: Resurrection, here we go. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 20. John chapter 20. It's an exciting day. I really thought there at the end of Praise the Name of the Lord our God, that's my favorite song ever. I really thought there was going to be like fireworks. I didn't know what Thomas had planned. I was ready for it. Here we go. Point number one. If you have your bulletins, you can see uh, kind of where we're at. I only have two points this morning, so so we're going to be out of here in the next hour or two. <clears throat> say it. Uh, uh, here's my first point. Number one, we believe. Say it with me. We believe. I really like Pastor John's version of the resurrection story. I think he tells it in a very relatable way. Uh, You may remember, I'm going to cover a little backstory and then we're going to pick up with verse one. You may remember Jesus had stood trial six times the previous night and early morning before he was crucified between two thieves on Calvary. Y'all remember that? Y'all, that's because I'm from Texas. After Jesus' death, Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Jewish council, requested the body of Jesus. He took Jesus' body down from the cross. He wrapped it in a sheet of linen cloth, and he laid it in a carved-out tomb. A large stone was placed over the opening of the cave, and Roman guards were posted to keep anyone from stealing the body of Jesus. Jesus. Here we go, John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark. That's too early. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, (laughs) This is my favorite part of the book of John. John's writing. He's telling this story. This story includes him and his fellow disciple, Peter. John doesn't want to mention himself because that would be way too egotistical to put his own name in. So he says that... Uh, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Just saying. He's going to do that a couple of times in this story. That's a lot of fun. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Now put yourself in Mary Magdalene's sandals. Jesus had shown Mary unreasonable kindness. She had been a follower of Jesus for a while now. She listened as they pronounced an unfair judgment on him. And she watched as they beat him and nailed his broken body to the cross. She had followed Joseph of Arimathea as he brought the body of Jesus to this safe place. And finally, even though Mary was still filled with confusion, there was some sense of peace here at the tomb. But now, Jesus' body is gone. Imagine getting ready for a funeral service And the body goes missing. (laughs) That would not be good. It only stands to reason from Mary's perspective that the Jews must have taken Jesus' body. They've hidden his body from his followers because Mary exclaims, she says, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. She had come to grieve the death of the man that she had committed to surrender her life to. But now, he has not only died, but he has disappeared. The body of Jesus is no longer in the tomb. You could say, He is risen. risen (laughs) You got it. I got it. Verse three, Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. So Mary Magdalene had come back to where uh, Peter and John obviously were sleeping in. She tells them they've stolen the body of Jesus. Peter and the other disciple, they start out for the tomb. They were ru- both running, but the other disciple outran Peter, just saying, and reached the tomb first. <clears throat> right? Ladies, for men, Everything is a competition. When John is writing this, he's like, did Peter write his gospel? (laughs) Anyways, he stooped. He, John, because John outran Peter. He stooped and he looked in and he saw the linen wrappings. Mark that in your minds. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. John doesn't want to go into the tomb that previously housed a dead person who is now missing. I'm okay with that. That would creep me out too. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter arrived, gasping for air, and he went inside. He also noticed The linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Here's the deal. Jesus' body is gone, but his clothes were left. So if somebody had just come and stolen Jesus, they probably would have left his grave clothes on him. But his clothes are here. The body is gone. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, just saying, also went in. And he, John, the writer here, saw and believed. Isn't that cool? John, the follower of Jesus. He's watched Jesus do all these miracles. And now he goes into the tomb. He sees the empty tomb. He sees the linens laying folded aside. He saw and he believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. And then verse 10, profound. Then they went home. I have a feeling it was something like this. Peter, you got any eggs at the house? I got some bacon. I'll bring my bacon over. Oh, they wouldn't have eaten bacon. I don't know. I don't know what they would have had. What do you eat if you don't have bacon for breakfast anyways? God had been leaving clues throughout all of time that the Messiah, the Christ would not stay in the grave. He had been telling the Jewish people this for thousands of years, but the disciples didn't understand until now. And now John not only understands, but he believes. There's a difference between understanding and believing, right? Sometimes you look at something and you're like, okay, I understand the mechanism of how that works, but it's unbelievable. God had foretold Jesus' resurrection through King David. Back in Psalm 16:10. I'm not going to put it up on the screen for you. You're just going to have to trust that it's there. Write it down. Psalm 16 verse 10, it says, "For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your holy one to rot in the grave." Jesus had explained it, to the disciples on a couple of occasions, but they didn't understand what Jesus was telling them. But now, now that Jesus' body is no longer in the grave, it's beginning to make sense. The Old Testament scriptures told us of Jesus' resurrection, Jesus told us about his resurrection. Now it appears that Jesus has been resurrected. So Peter and John went home, but not Mary, not Mary. Mary seems to be taking a little longer to absorb what is happening in this situation. Verse 11, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. I picture this as she's being a little bit hysterical, okay? Her friend and her Lord Jesus has died. The Jews have taken his body in her mind. The Jews have taken his body and she doesn't know what they're doing to Jesus. And she's upset about it. So Mary was standing outside of the tomb. She's crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. Because she would be like me, we we don't need to go into the tomb, we can just look from a distance, that's fine. Verse 12, she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of, of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've taken it or where they've put him. She turned to leave, which I think is interesting. She sees these angels. She's crying. She answers their question and she's like, fooey on you guys. I'm leaving. <laughs> she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. And this is why I think she was hysterical. She's, her eyes are full of tears. She's boohooing. It was Jesus but she didn't recognize him. Verse 15, it's in red letters in your Bible. So Jesus is speaking. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? There's a little irony there. She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means Hebrew for teacher. She recognized him. Verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the excitement in her voice? She says, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Verse 19. That Sunday, that Sunday evening, Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. See, the disciples thought that the Jews had stolen the body of Jesus, but then they realized that if the Jews think that they stole the body of Jesus, the Jews are gonna come after the disciples to get the body of Jesus back because the Jews don't want anybody claiming that Jesus was resurrected from the dead because then that would create like a global following of a resurrected lord. Does that make sense? Yeah, pretty cool. So they're hiding because they're they're powerful Christians like you and I. They're hiding behind closed doors because they're afraid of the Jewish people. Suddenly, I like that word, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Exclamation point. Jesus says, "Peace be with you." <laughs> They were filled with, uh, pardon me, Uh, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, because at first they were afraid, right? Locked doors, hiding out, they're already scared. Jesus, poof, all of a sudden is in the room with them. We don't know what's happening. Now we see the scars in his hands, the the wound in his side. This is obviously the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he said, "Peace peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back to that later, okay? Just hold on to that. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, verse 24, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. You ever feel that way? Somebody tells you something crazy like, hey, did you hear so-and-so just rose from the dead? Have you been taking your medication? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. But he replied, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I put my fingers in them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, got that? Thomas says, I will not believe. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. Men of faith and power hiding behind locked doors. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. (laughs) Put your hand into the wound. Pardon me, put your finger here. And look at my... Then he said to Thomas, I'm going to read it, okay? Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Thomas, touch the wounds. Jesus is alive. I'm standing here in front of you. I have been raised from the dead. Touch me. Look at me. Hug me. I'm here. Thomas, believe. Verse 28, Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Jesus told Thomas, You believe because you've seen me. Before you hadn't seen me, you didn't believe. Now I'm standing in front of you. You see me. You touch my hands. Now you believe. And then Jesus pronounces this enormous blessing. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me, without this experience. Church, that's us. That's us. Okay, I got real excited about that. We were not there when Jesus was born or when he was baptized in water by John the Baptist. We did not get to taste the loaves and the fishes when he fed the 5,000. We did not hear Jesus speak to the lame man, rise up and walk, or to Lazarus, come forth. You and I were not witnesses to the death or the resurrection of Jesus, yet we are believe. We believe that although Jesus died, he rose again. We believe because God's word tells us and we believe God's word to be true. We believe because it is in a world of chaos, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that absolutely makes sense. We believe because you and I recognize the sin and death that we carry around in these bodies. And we long for our souls to be raised to eternal life. We believe because the story of Peter and Pastor John, who likes to talk about himself, resonates as true in our minds, our hearts, and our souls. We believe that God sent his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We believe that God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but that through him, you thought that I lost my microphone for a second, didn't you? No, that was pause for... Not dramatic effect so that you can think, what? We're not supposed to judge the world? I thought that was my job. My my spiritual gift was judging other people. No, it's not. (laughs) We believe that God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but that through him, that through Jesus, the world might be saved. Saved from the penalty of sin, which is death. And instead of death, we are given, by God's glorious grace, resurrected life. We did not see Jesus, but we are blessed to believe. We are blessed. It's a good day, isn't it? It's a good day to be blessed. Later on in Acts chapter 1. We still have to get to Revelations. Oh, there's two service things. We're going to have to hurry. Later on in Acts chapter 1, the remaining 11 disciples remember, there's only 11 apostles right now have to deal with the fact that Judas, who betrayed Jesus, is no longer with them. So we believe. And now, number two, say it with me we witness. We believe, we witness. Acts chapter 1. Verse 15, Acts chapter 1, verse 15. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. Remember that whole story. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit through King David. Judas was one of us and shared the ministry with us. Verse 18, Judas had bought a field with the money he received from his treachery. Falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. Beautiful story. Been keeping this for Easter Sunday. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem. And they gave the place, the Aramaic name. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I practiced this all week long. You know what I did? All right, you guys don't tell anybody. This is a secret. So this morning, I'm going through this. Keldama. Uh, uh, I've always pronounced it wrong. Anyways, so I'm reading through this, and I'm making sure that I'm reading all the words right. And they came to the place of the Aramaic name, Aromatic? That's not what it says. (laughs) So now, whenever I'm reading it in front of you guys, I'm being all self-conscious to not say aromatic, and then I come to Akedama, and I can't say it, which means filled of blood. Give me a break. I've only done this for, you know, all of my life, so I'm learning. Verse 20. Verse 20. Peter continued. This was written in the book of Psalms. Remember King David. Where it says, let his home become desolate and no one living in it. With no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. That's what we're dealing with. Verse 21. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. Got that in your mind? It's a qualification for being an apostle. You have to be with them from the time, verse 22, from the time he was baptized by John, uh, John the Baptist, until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' what? Resurrection. Isn't that cool? This person's main job is to be a witness of Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection Now you may be thinking, well, I couldn't have done that because I have not seen Jesus, so I do not qualify to witness, to tell others about Jesus' resurrection. I couldn't have been an apostle. I couldn't have filled this empty spot. Romans 8:11, one of the scriptures that I, I like to quote off the cuff every once in a while, because I love this. Romans 8, 11 says, listen carefully, it says, The Spirit of God, I don't know why, that just makes me think of Genesis 1, 1. The Spirit hovering over the waters. Mm. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That Sunday morning, Jesus is laying there, all wrapped up in his cozy linens. Holy Spirit rolls the stone away. Oh no, he leaves it on. He just leaves it on. He just comes in. Jesus is all. And the spirit that hovers over the waters in Genesis 1 hovers over the Son of God. Bam! And Jesus goes, what, what, what? And he's alive. And Jesus goes, you're going to have to roll the stone away for me to get out of here. Well, now I don't know why they rolled the stone away. That is the spirit. I should have put this on the screen. Does anybody know the next phrase? The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, who was in there in the tomb, what? Lives in who? Who? You and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living. Within you. The disciples witness what they saw with their eyes. You and I are witnesses to the spirit of the living God that lives inside of us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We have been immersed in the spirit of the living God. Good preaching, Brent. Yeah, it is. We can testify to the resurrection of Jesus like the disciples, well, yeah, they could. We can testify to the resurrection of Jesus because he is alive in us, working in us and through us to glorify God. It is by our good deeds and our God-glorifying attitudes that our lives testify to the witness to the resurrection of Jesus Jesus is alive and his resurrected life is evident in you and me. So the grand question for you today is is your life a witness of Jesus' resurrection? Did you hear me? Is your life a witness of Jesus' resurrection. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you think you're saved. I'm asking you, is your life a witness, a testimony of Jesus' resurrection? Does your life exemplify victory over death? Does your life exemplify Jesus' power over sin? Or are you overcome by sin? Does your life bear witness to the resurrection power of Jesus, the Son of God? Is your life a testimony that Jesus really was raised from the dead and that he lives in you and that you live a life that's different, that glorifies God and has the character of the Lord Jesus Christ? I want my life to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want everything that I do, every word that I say, every attitude that I have, to point to the power of the resurrection of Jesus. You guys are looking at me like Thomas looked at the other disciples and said, you're gonna have to show me. Yeah. That is the promise of God's word, that he will come into our broken lives our sin-filled bodies, and cause us to be filled with eternal resurrection life. Isn't that incredible? I do not want to live powerless, hopeless, and faithless. I want to live with my confidence in the one who saved, who raised Jesus from the dead, and who has the power to raise me from the dead to eternal life as well. I believe in the resurrection. And because of the Holy Spirit in me, my life is a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. I challenge you this morning to be like the Apostle John. Run fast and believe. Believe and let your life bear witness of the resurrection of Jesus and the glory of the living God. If you would stand with me We're going to bow our heads together. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing one final song. Let's pray together.